Well, hello and welcome to our live and interactive new discipleship podcast, which we're calling The Disciple. And uh, it's great to have you, particularly if you're joining right now. I can see people starting to join in. And uh, as always, guys, if you've been to one of these chats before, you're so welcome to interact with us. And so please feel free to uh, tell us who you are, tell us where you're from and ask any questions that might well relate to the subject of what we're talking about tonight. But listen, what I'd love to do for a moment is just to set the scene for you, tell you a little bit about what we are up to. So last summer, uh, we started something called the Catching Up With series, which really was an opportunity for us to engage with certain leaders and people around the King's Arms to find out how they were coping with this crazy season that we are in. But to be honest with you, I really enjoyed it. And the feedback that we had had right the way through the process was that people seemed to uh, really appreciate the opportunity as well to kind of engage with us as leaders of the King's Arms and others um, over a whole series of issues. And so what we decided to do was to make it a bit of a regular feature. But what I would want to do is just to say, thank you so much for being a part of that. And so you guys are what has made it useful and worthwhile for us, as well as hopefully for you as well, because there were dozens of people every week when we were doing it, interacting and asking questions and saying hello and telling us where you were from all over the country. Um, but then there were hundreds of people also catching up with some of these talks afterwards as well. And so first thing I would say is keep the engagement up. All right. Do feel free to say hello as you come and join us this evening. And uh, if there is in particular a topic that you would like us to cover over over the course of these uh, this series that we're going to be doing right the way through the spring, please feel free to email as well, steve.wilson at kingsarms.org. All right. So we're back again, but this time we're reframing uh, this because what we want to do, we're calling it the Disciple Podcast, all about equipping believers, inspiring seekers. And we're really trying to work out how can we personally grow in our discipleship? Okay. How can we grow closer to Jesus? But in particular, how can we be disciples who make disciples, really actively living out what Jesus has called us to in Matthew 28, his great commission. Because bottom line, I want to grow. I don't know about you as you're watching this right now, but I want to grow as a follower of Christ. I want to grow as a learner and I want to listen to other people and understand and to grow in my walk with him, to, to obey what he's asked me and indeed to make disciples. Now, just to say, I recognize that through the course of evenings like this, we're also going to have people who might stumble across it and maybe you're not a Christian yet. And just to say, you are so welcome to be with us. And uh, through the course of our time together, I'm sure there'll be stories that inspire you and make you think and provoke you. But today and this evening, our theme together as we gather is going to be all around prayer. OK, so what does it mean for us to make disciples? What does it mean for us to help make disciples through the subject of prayer. Okay. And uh, thrilled by the fact that we've got three guests with us this evening who I'm going to bring into the chat right now. And we have with us Tim Burns, we have Simon Holly, and we have Katie Ryland. Say hello, guys. Hey. Hi. Hello, guys. <laughs> it's great to have you with us. And uh, I wonder, because of the fact that most people will know Simon to one degree or another, I'm going to get Tim and Katie to introduce themselves briefly. And uh, maybe, Katie, you could go first and maybe give us a highlight of Christmas at the same time if you're happy to. No, lovely. Yeah. Well, I'm Katie and um, I oversee prayer at the King's Arms Church. So um, I love praying. And for me, Christmas, uh, sadly, couldn't go and see my family, but I was able to form a bubble with a gaming household that some of us know quite well. And um, so I've learned lots of games, played many games. Is there a particular favourite game, Katie, that you've enjoyed over Christmas time? I'm reluctant to say. Good question. But actually, there's, there's a... There'll be, there'll be gamers tuning in right now, Katie, who are thinking, what are the best games to go and spend my money on? I've got no doubt. 
Okay, well, there's a really complicated one called Root, which I really pretended I didn't like, but I actually really like it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, folks. The uh, first tip for this evening, a game. Did you say Root? Root, yes. Root, okay. Very Root. good. Very good. Simon's disappeared for a moment, but that's all right. And um, Helen, I'm so pleased that you enjoyed the Catching Up With series. And the fact that it um, kind of kept you going through the first lockdown is incredibly encouraging to us. So thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, Tim, listen, mate, I I'd love to see hear a little bit about you. You can tell people who don't know you quite so well. And then I'm going to get you to dive in because there's one particular story, Tim, which I've heard you share on a couple of occasions with people when we've been out in uh, Costa Coffee together and we've been offering to pray for people. But it's so inspiring. And given we're talking about the subject of prayer, I know it's kind of stirred my faith so i wanted you to get to to share that if you're happy to tim yeah very happy to so my name's tim um in case it wasn't blindingly obvious from these speakers i'm a musician um and um i would also like to second that root is an excellent game and if you enjoy your board games you should go ahead and buy it right now but we're not sponsored by them um and um no so i uh, when i was 13 um i was really struggling with uh scoliosis my my spine uh, the base of my spine was uh, curved um, I was kind of getting regular uh, trips to the chiropractor in constant pain, taking lots of painkillers, um, spending a lot of my parents' money. Um, and I went to a Christian summer conference, um, New Wine, um, which I'd gone to every single year. And I completely believed at this point in my life that God could do a miracle. Uh, but I don't think I'd necessarily seen anything quite like it. I'd seen inc incredible things, but not what was about to happen. Um, and so we had a visiting speaker, um, a guy called Mark Marks, who's a friend of yours, I know, Steve. Um, yeah. And um, he came and he basically did a whole message to a bunch of 12 and 13 year olds all about uh, how God can heal and he can heal you right now. And loads of my friends knew that I was in a lot of pain. So when the offer came to pray for each other, they all stood around me and started praying for me. Um, and the moment of unity was beautiful. And what happened was one friend put her hand on the base of my spine, right where the, the curve was. And as she prayed, we both felt my spine bend back into place. Come on now. I mean, the bone literally bend in my body. Oh, wow. And she was like, what just happened? What was that? That's crazy. Um, and it was kind of like 90% done, but we knew there was like, a, it didn't feel quite straight. Um, and I was like, well, I feel like there's more to come. Uh, Mark Marks then gave a word of knowledge about someone with a curved spine. God wanted to do miracles. I was like, that's me. That's me. Ran to the front because um, I could run at this point, which is already kind of an improvement. Um, and he got me up on the stage and he said, is one of your legs shorter than the other? And I said, I have no idea. I don't measure my legs that often. Um, and he kind of lifted them up. And sure enough, one was shorter than the other. So as he prayed, I watched and felt just my leg grow. I mean, I felt the... Wow. The, wow. the tissue just develop in the moment it's the only way to describe it um and i stood up and i felt wonky because i was not wonky anymore uh, i wasn't used to having legs yeah, that were the same leg. used to being slightly yeah. out of depth. Mm. So wow. i was i was off i was off balance because i was so straight now and so and mm. so right um and uh, it was just beautiful and i've had i've had from from i've never been to the chiropractor since i've never taken painkillers for my back since I get the occasional ache and pain like anybody does, but I've never had any any serious trouble with my back. Wow, Remarkable. Incredible. Mate, thank you so much. <laughs> Isn't that good news? 
I love that stuff. Of the 27 odd people who are tuning in right now, can I get an amen or a hallelujah or something? Glory. That's right. We can get all Pentecostal. And uh, KJ's in the house. Claire's with us. Great to have you. Claire's seen so many amazing miracles. God really does answer prayer. Well, listen, it is this evening, guys, that we're going to be leaning into um, a topic which is very important for us uh, as Christians. But particularly what we want to do is share some of the ways that as the disciple makers we can grow in prayer and work out how prayer plays an active part of that and Simon I'd love for you to share mate because I know you've been doing so much work and so much research over this kind of last year in uh, researching disciple making movements and I just wonder whether it would really set the scene for us about what we want to talk about tonight and also what uh, you are feeling like really stirred for right now in terms of extraordinary prayer and why it's important so um, would that be all right mate are you happy to do that? Yeah, it's great, Steve. And just to say, so excited with the launch of this podcast. And you, know, we, you and I have been talking about it for a while. And um, I just think it's so I think we're learning, aren't we? And I just feel it's such, such a great platform to both learn together, but also learn from others that we're going to pull in Katie and Tim tonight and others in, pre, in other nights. So yeah, I just feel so excited. And yeah, I think tonight setting the scene really, um, uh, for those who don't know, I've been researching disciple making movements. And there are just uh, phenomenal moves of God all happening all over the world at the moment uh, yeah. where they're seeing rap- rapidly multiplying groups of disciples and churches um, and just the stories are just incredible just to, I just spent the last six months during lockdown and through the through the summer just researching learning about what God's doing speaking to people all over the world um, you know just speaking to one guy who I think it was 25 years ago um in india he he uh was just he left his church for 500 people because he felt god uh tell him that it was to, to move on to a new thing and he started um uh making disciples and now he now leads a movement of over 20 million disciples wow <laughs> I mean, it's just phenomenal the, the acceleration mm-hmm. but one of the, the themes and people have been just the the missionologists have been just kind of missionologists have been just, just studying and researching about these movements what what are the because they're all different but they're also got some themes in common and they've drawn out um, a number of different themes which we'll probably talk about on this podcast as we move forward but one of the themes that comes across every single movement is a is a kind of focus and a commitment to extraordinary prayer that actually they uh, there are methods there are techniques there are things that they do and that's important to learn some of those methods but I think the most important thing for us to learn is their commitment to prayer. They, they've got an, a commitment to extraordinary prayer, to radical prayer, to calling God to move in their nation, to move in, in their people group. And I think that's the theme that we picked up. So I was, I was excited for us to be looking at this tonight and excited with what God's doing at us in the church and other churches that I'm connected to, because it feels like God is doing something in the West in a way that we've not seen for yeah. may, um, tens, maybe hundreds of years um, in our communities uh, of churches of raising people who are passionate about prayer and passionate and believing that God, if we pray, uh, he will move. He will change our nation. He will turn it around. So, yeah, that's that'd be the, the big the backdrop to the conversation today, I'd say. That's so good. And as Simon says, no doubt we'll be able to lean into some of these topics over the coming weeks as we do. But um, if there are particular questions, guys, that you have for us this evening, you're so welcome to kind of drop them into the uh, uh, text thread that you'll have there, whether you're watching live across YouTube right now or on our Facebook page. You're so welcome here. It really is good to have you. So as I said previously, do make sure that you say hello. Tell us who you are and where you're from. It's great to have you guys with us. Now, what we want to do, guys, is we'll talk about some of those big picture things about what, you know, what God 
God's doing and, and, and we'll share some stories of answered prayer that we are seeing um, kind of in Bedford where we're based as well. But we also want to drill into some detail. OK, we also want to get to the point where practically you think you've made steps further and you've got tangible things that you can do to, to grow in your prayer walk as well. And so we were talking in advance, just saying, hey, look, this is the time, isn't it? New Year. We've just what are we on the third of, uh, of January today? You know, first few days, many people are kind of getting to the point uh, of thinking, right, what are my resolutions? You know, how do I want to kind of prioritize my health? What do I want to do with my um, kind of time? And particularly, particularly those who are Christians want to wrestle with that question of what does it mean for me to really prioritize God right now? But there is also a reality. And uh, I, I don't know whether you would uh, admit and confess with me that there are many occasions when I've started resolutions and haven't quite managed to pull them off beyond the end of January. Can I, anyone else yet? Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Authenticity <laughs> in house is very good. And so what I thought we'd do is maybe start with... Just you, know, you and Tim, we, Steve. It's just you and Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's got to be... We can help. I'm sure we can help tonight. I'm sure we can <laughs> We actually decided. My uh, my wife Philippa and Lexi, our daughter, made this uh, made this chocolate fudge um, uh, just just before New Year, and it hadn't finished yet. There was no way I was starting a diet, by the way, until all of that stuff was gone. But this evening it has. So, uh, we'll start tomorrow. <laughs> but listen, what, what we want to do though is think about look, what does it mean for us to make really good spiritual habits? And so, Katie, I wonder whether you could start us off. Give us your top tips for how we can get positive um, outcomes over the long term, if you can. Yeah, great. Well, I think I was just thinking, I think it's last about this time last year, I was listening to a podcast by John Mark Comer and his Ooh. friend. They've written the, the two books, Ruthless Elimination of a Hurry and um, To Hell with the Hustle. I think those are the two books. They made a podcast together. And one of the things they said was about making New Year's resolutions. They said, make resolutions about who you want to be, not what you want to do. And that oh. that's really stuck yeah. with me. And so I think particularly... Um, coming up to this new year that's what I've been thinking about is what um when we set a what do I want to do we really set ourselves up to fail whereas when we set a who do I want to be it gives us more capacity to kind of just make small changes and steps in the journey and it's much more about the journey than about the destination and um and yes yeah, so that's kind of my my first thoughts um about that what are other people chip in for a moment? Share with us what, uh, are there any particular resolutions you guys are making this time? Any changes that you guys want to be making? I've got one. Um, just... oh, go on, KG. Yeah. Oh, well, mine is I've got so lazy since lockdown about just getting ready in the day. And so I just want to bring more joy. This is very lighthearted, but I just want to bring more joy. And my New Year's resolution is that I want to be someone <laughs> who kind of gets myself ready and and has really good rhythms in terms of getting ready and actually not wearing pajama bottoms every day <laughs> it has been, let's be honest it has been a temptation right the way through, through lockdown yeah. next have probably been going through the roof but uh, we could we could all be wearing pajamas right now for anyone knows because we all you can see is our top half so like exactly. yeah that's right and what would your advice be for people who want to sort of establish some new um patterns of you know spiritual discipline at this time yeah i mean i think a few years ago i um did a load of study on on repentance and change and how people change and i think the the most um kind of helpful uh um thoughts that came out of that is that there's three components to us changing um it, it involves the head the heart and the hand and i think what i realized in that process is that most people tend to be good at one one of those things so that 
the head is uh, the change of thinking. You know, if you're going to change in any area, you've got to change your thinking. So you've got to identify the thinking that causes the behavior that you're doing right now. And you've got to change that thinking. Because if you try and change the behavior, you change the thinking, it, will, it won't last. Yeah. Um, the, the, the heart is the emotion. Sometimes there's pain around why you do the things that you do. Sometimes there's a history around it. So you've got to engage the emotions. And the third is the hand, the actual activity. Um, and that can be as simple as changing the environment. And so I think for, for people thinking about this, it's thinking about how do I change the head, the heart and the hand? And, and how do I look at each, each one of those in this area that I want to change in this type of person that I want to become? And I think so simple illustration for me is I wanted to change my thinking over self-pity and um, I had to identify where that some of that emotional stuff had come from the heart. I had to identify what the thinking I wanted to get rid of and why did I want to get rid of it? And, but the very simple hand thing that's been really helpful for me is I just have a task that pops up on my tasks every day where I've got eight things about self-pity, the eight uh, things about self-pity that I read through every day. I even read through when I'm not feeling self-piteous. Because <laughs> what I found is that actually that, that hand thing, that very simple practice of reading through a list that takes about you know, 30 seconds to read through, but then sometimes one of those will jump out on me and I think, oh, yeah, I'm actually feeling a little bit like that. Um, mm will help me cut off this self-pity journey for a few days time or a week's time that kind of thing so i think for me it's helping people yeah i would say anyone listening to this who wants to change their behavior start to think about the head the heart and the hand because i think some of us well we all tend to be good at one one of those three but i've found that to really change you've got to go all three um otherwise it won't it won't last i don't know if that's helpful but yeah those are my, no, my really thoughts good. on change yeah, well, I remember. I remember. You know, in terms of goals, you used to say to me, Simon, that you'll get um, less distance within a year, but you'll get than, than you than you think you will. But actually, within five years, you'll you'll make an awful lot more progress than you realise. And so, actually, setting appropriate targets and goals, I think, is mm -hmm. also a really helpful thing. And I just wonder, there's probably yeah. people. Simon, who are thinking right now, um, you know, I know I haven't prepped you for this, but, but you know, what are your kind of the things that you read? I wonder whether you might even be able to track that down for us while I get Tim to answer, answer a question for us. But, uh, you know, even, even people who are kind of wrestling with self-pity themselves, do you think that's possible? So, say again, what, what the, things the, about self-pity, what to read? Yeah, the, the oh, yeah, yeah, things yeah, sure. you Would you be willing to track those down for us for a minute? Yeah, That'd be course, super yeah, helpful. Tim, I, I know that, you know, me and you have talked before about what it means when, uh, uh, you know, people perhaps, particularly if we lean into our prayer lives and particularly how we can help people and stir people in terms of their prayer lives. You know, I think oftentimes it's possible to come back into a time with God and almost apologizing for like, I realize that my prayer life has been so poor. It's been so weak. You know, forgive me, Lord. And then not actually necessarily building up the healthy habits of conversation with him. You know, what, what would your top tips be, buddy, to um, kind of help people, strengthen people in terms of that? I, I mean, the uh, first thing to say is that, like, I think we, we, we've all been there. I've been there so many times and it just... It strikes me as that's so strange because I don't do that in any other relationship. I don't, if I get in contact with someone who I haven't been in contact with for a long time, I don't spend the first 20 minutes of, I'm so sorry I haven't contacted you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> right. You know, it's just a bit awkward, isn't it? It's just like, I love you. It's okay. Let's, let's reconnect. And it's, you know, yeah. uh, any, any friendship, you know, there's, there's, there's wonderful friendships where you feel like you could be apart for years and, and then you have that one, that one conversation. It's like, oh, you know, it's like nothing ever changed. And I think yeah. God feels that way with us. It's just we don't always feel that way with him. But that's, more, you know, he, he's like, oh, great. I've always been here. I've known the whole thing anyway. So you just come back and let's reconnect. And I think what's really key is when it comes to building a healthy prayer life is realizing that we're praying to our father, not to our 
master. I mean, he is our Lord, of course, but he, but you know, when Jesus teaches us how to pray, yes, the first thing he teaches us is our Father in heaven. And I'm not yeah, a theologian, yeah. so someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the first time we're told to call God Father, at least in that relational way. Yes. And um, it, it strikes me that so often the challenges we have when we come to prayer are when we think it's a task that we as orphans have to fulfill for a, a harsh taskmaster. But Mm. when you go on the journey of discovering your sonship your daughtership and yeah. and actually allowing that to be your primary drive i, I want to pray because i want to spend time with my father and i like mm. the things that he likes and i've realized that the things that he wants for the world are actually really good for them and they're really good for me so when i'm when i go to him for prayer if i'm praying for for a friend or i'm praying for a situation I'm praying because I know that my dad really loves them. He really yeah. loves me yeah. and he really loves the time that we're spending praying about them. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that a big factor almost before we start trying to develop uh, a routine of prayer, a rhythm of prayer is to kind of say, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I feel like I should? Cause that doesn't tend to last very well. Or am I yes. doing this because my God is a good God and he, and he loves me and he loves to spend time with me and he loves to work with me to bring about change in the world. Yeah. And that has to be a journey. Yeah. Well, listen, just to say, I, I would always want occasions like this, you know, to have a prophetic edge. And it might well be, you know, that you're listening to this um, this evening and you're wondering and you're thinking, hey, do you know, I really want to reconnect with God. What does that look like? And my encouragement to, you know, would be just to, as, as, as Tim has been sharing there, you don't feel like you need to crawl into a time with God backwards. He's desperate to connect with you and really yeah. keen to engage and to, and to, and to help and to, and to converse with you. And so whether it's this evening or whether it's, yeah. you know, it's your, uh, waking up tomorrow morning he's eager to spend time with you and the second thing i would say and, and it's great to hear i mean we've got people celebrating your testimony from earlier tim whether it's like kj and kaya and you know stephanie headley who's kind of celebrating uh, you know what happened with your scoliosis is that oftentimes when we kind of share something as a prophetic uh, testimony there's always this thought of do you know what god can do it again so if it is the case you have got issues with your back. If it is the case that you're struggling with scoliosis in particular um, or pain and uh, difficulty in your back, you know, just, we just release that to yeah. you just now. We release healing to you. Yeah. And uh, we'll have the opportunity perhaps even at the end of our time together. We're going to go for about an hour tonight uh, at the end of our time together, even to pray for healing for those people who need mm. it as well. Right. Listen, let me spin back onto um, a kind of answered prayer. I'd love for us guys to share some stories. We've had um, some people even sharing just now that they love just to hear stories of what God is doing. And uh, 2020, wasn't it, was a crazy year. And we, we recognized that there was all sorts of unusual things happening. And for some people, and we're going to talk a little bit about disappointment and when God doesn't necessarily answer prayer the way that we want him to later. But what if for a minute, why don't we encourage one another? Are there particular stories that you'd be celebrating from the last year of what God's been doing? Maybe Simon, why don't you start us off, mate? I was going to say I wanted to hear Katie's story. She's got some great stories. <laughs> you go, Katie. <laughs> great. Right, right. I've got a list. I've literally got a list in front of me. Um, <laughs> I actually, last January, I sat down and I was like, right, God, I'm going to dream big. Like, I want to write down a bunch of things. If you could do all the impossible things that I'm asking for, what would, what would I dream that you'd do in 2020? And I'm just marvelling as I look back and see what God's done. One of which is moving a bus shelter from outside of my house so that it's no longer outside of my house so that I could go on a driveway, which who would have, a year ago, I just was, that was an impossible dream. But um, I prayed, I dared to ask God and 
by a bizarre circumstance of events that's happened um now which is amazing another is a baby someone very close to me who a couple of years of trying to get pregnant and a couple of miscarriages but in 2020 they both conceived and gave birth um another is a prodigal that came home and um oh so that's some personal ones but i also went back and looked at everything that we would prayed for as a church in our corporate prayer times which we do once a term and um a few things we prayed for we prayed for that we'd see an increase in healings and some of you will remember we had the amazing story of phoebe flood being healed of her uh, dairy intolerance a, dairy, a complete allergy this year amazing story mm. also tim burns the day that um the day that Boris Johnson got COVID and went into ITU, um, Tim texted me and said, I think we need to pray. And we we all were in agreement. And we quickly set up a Zoom at, I think it was 9.15 p.m. that night, something like that. And there was, I think it was over 70 screens on, on Zoom yeah. that quickly gathered together and we prayed for 45 minutes we prayed that god would preserve boris johnson's life because we believe it's it's a value of ours to pray for our leaders and we know that that prayer has been answered and through covid we prayed we prayed that there would be effective treatments discovered for covid and we know dexamethasone was discovered we prayed that there would be enough like new ways of generating ventilators and new ways have been generated to create ventilators and we prayed for a vaccine and we have several vaccines so just that, I mean, there's more I could say, but yeah, lots of stories of answer prayer. So good, so good. Yeah, what about you, I think the big one for me, Steve, was just pray, praying for the for the developing world and that uh, story, which many have heard me tell. I'm being part of the answer to of just uh, and feeling God spoke to me as I was praying because I was just really feeling, you know, if this is hitting us hard. All our friends in the Middle East, our friends in Africa, you know, what on earth is going to happen over there? And Feeling like God asked me to to ask him for a hundred thousand pounds in three weeks and putting the ask out very the, the best three minute video I've ever done. <laughs> and you know, raising I think now more than six hundred and fifty thousand pounds. I just was reading the update today. We've fed over thirty-five thousand people now. Um and we still got money to spare. We're now redevelop we're creating a redevelopment fund so that people in countries that don't have furlough or anything like that actually can redevelop their businesses and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's just a phenomenal answer to prayer. Um in not raising a hundred thousand pounds in three weeks but actually i think it was over a quarter of a million pounds in that time mm-hmm. and then now uh you know more than six hundred fifty thousand. it was just a, it was just an amazing moment in in god for us as a you know group of churches and church it's just 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 amazing very good and i, I love the fact that even, even when you kind of initially initially told us about the hundred thousand and the desire to make it you know there was still a sharp intake of breath <laughs> it's that kind of moment where you're like yeah it's going to stretch everyone is it going to be possible and yet you know then you see how he's done more than we could ask or imagine in the process yeah. it's just a beautiful mm-hmm. thing and then it's, it's that reality isn't it to, as we partner with that actually so many other people have been reached and blessed and encouraged because of mm-hmm. your obedience in that regard. so mate i would so encourage you in the midst of that tim what were you going to share mate i know you you've yeah to- I, well, I wanted to talk about um so uh, as as a self-employed musician um it's like similar to many people's situation when um, lockdown hit uh, work stopped for me and um, I had to think, kind of think fast. Um, and I set up a, a, a new online business. Um, I set up a virtual choir and did, had no idea what to expect because I was doing it all uh, voluntary. And so my income completely dried up. Um, and I just started praying and I was like, God, I want to you know, stay doing this. I want to be able to bring some joy to people in the middle of this situation. Um, and so I started praying just for that to grow. And it went from pe- being people who I know to being friends of friends. 
and then I prayed for it to grow again. And there was like a month where it kind of stayed pretty, pretty stationary. And it was like, it was going really well and we were having a great time, but it wasn't particularly growing. I thought, is this going to really work? It's not creating what I need right now. And then as I kept praying, it's like the dam just burst and suddenly um, one targeted post in a, an online, online Facebook group just meant erupted into international uh, signups from all over the world. And, uh, you know, I now get um, 200 people engaging a week from all over the world. And uh, and, and, and I'm earning, a, I'm, I'm, a, to, be, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm actually earning more than I was before COVID. <laughs> um, and I just really believe, I, I, I know that there's a lot of people who um, are, are really struck, like COVID's really hit hard. And there are even some yeah. situations that I know that have been quite recent. And as Steve was saying earlier, you know, there's a power in testimony to bring the prophetic yeah. and if this is your story then my story is that god has provided for me and i believe that is this can be the same for you yeah well it's no. interesting we had the stories at new, at new year didn't we we asked with katie you asked for stories at new year and i think out of the three stories we shared two of them were financial breakthrough which i think is there is the, the lord is doing something i think in yeah. in in this area of finances which is just really exciting sorry steve i'll cut you off that's no, fine. Katie, go on, you're going to share. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I think I, I even sensed that when I was sharing the story about my um, my close friend who was two years trying for a baby. And there's there can be a reluctance, with, like with Tim's story, we can almost feel reluctant sometimes to share an answer to prayer because we're nervous about the people who didn't get the answer. And I think there's just an interesting thing that happens in our heads when we... Mm when we hold back from sharing an amazing God glorifying story, which really is a miracle for us. And I think as community, we we can celebrate each other's stories even when we've not received that breakthrough yet, but it does increase our faith to continue praying for ourselves. And yeah. so um, I just, I felt like that was just worth mentioning. Like the, we have a value for the testimony because we see that it does repeat itself and it encourages people, even whilst they're not experiencing that breakthrough yet, they feel encouraged that God is on the move still with their brothers and sisters. Very good. Yeah. Very good. I mean, for me, it's fascinating. I mean, just this morning, we're, we're, we're running this thing called Raw Church at the moment. It's a kind of online community. And there's, there's three of them at kind of King's Arms. And they're, they're just a fantastic place for people to engage and to grow as disciples together as we kind of unpack the Bible. And this morning, we were looking at gratitude. And um, there's that kind of realization that often from a, the, the place of prayer, is foundationally a better and stronger place to go to from a place of gratitude, both for what God has done, for what God is doing and what God is going to do. Mm. And we are, as Christians, I believe, you know, the people who can live with the most security because we've read the end of the story, which is absolutely transformational for us. And I'll give you a very personal example. And again, I, I'm just trusting that some of these illustrations that we're giving are going to speak to people who are who are watching right now. And so even Tim thinking about uh, a kind of inspiration for those people who are self-employed business people and asking God to connect with that. Well, for me, probably the, the biggest area um, still sometimes of anxiety can be over finance and over provision. And yet when I look back, and think about what God's done in my life it's probably that area more than any other that God has done a remarkable thing and so some of pe people who are part of the King's Arms will have heard me share before that when I became a Christian I was in a huge amount of personal debt I mean to the tune of something like twelve and a half thousand pounds and this is not student loans this is credit cards this is uh, uh, overdrafts and this is this is personal loans and unable to cope and yet it was from that place that um, God first spoke to me through prophetic words and then miraculously in the space of seven and a half months cleared the lot to the day that he told me he was going to and so it's it's just one of those things where you know as you, every time that you kind of remind yourself of look what 
what's God's done in the past, it absolutely shifts your heart and makes you realize what he can do in the future. And uh, listen, I'm so pleased that people are, are kind of connecting with us as well. So it's great to have you with us, Sarah and Justin, KJ, uh, Daniel, great to have you with us. And um, Helen, I particularly hope this is helping you. I mean, Hel Helen writes, guys, that she spent 2020 growing in her faith and uh, renewing her journey with God, but I still find it difficult to pray. And so we're going to talk some practically in a moment about that as well. Yeah. I feel so self-conscious and I'm not always sure what to say, uh, but I want 2021 to be a year when I really connect with God through prayer. And so any way that we can give uh, advice to her would be super helpful. So Helen, we're going to come back to any practical tips before we finish, but just to encourage anyone else who's tuning in right now of the 40 odd people who are, who are watching on Facebook and across YouTube, if you do have specific questions about some of the things that we're uh, saying and sharing or indeed about prayer and disciples that make disciples, please feel free to pop them into the chat. Okay. But before we um, um, sort of move on, I'd love for us to talk for a moment about fasting. Okay. Because sometimes, and certainly biblically, you often see prayer and fasting coming together, but it, it feels guys like it can be an awfully out of date thing to be talking about. And so I'd love, maybe Simon, you could start for us, but I'd love to find a bit, have a bit of a foundation of why on earth would we fast? Why would we deprive ourselves of things that are around? And then maybe Katie, we can get a little lean into you and get some practical advice on how we can go about doing that. Would that be okay? Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, there's never really a clear understanding uh, given in the scriptures as to why you should fast. It's just almost a given. In fact, Jesus says to his disciples, when you fast, there's like a, there's this like a kind of foundational given. That's what you do. Um, I, I, the, the thing I think it does for me, I think the, the reason it, the, that God's kind of given it to us, particularly in the context of prayer, is I think it reminds us that we are uh, travelers, that we I think it's so easy for us to become settlers in this world. So easy for us to just kind of become like everyone else and just kind of join in with everything else. And and it's not wrong to enjoy the things that God's given us, but I think it can be we can be so easily lulled into a false sense of security and I think what fasting does is it help. It reminds us that we are hungering for something more. We are hungering for something more than just the, the natural pleasures and things of this life, that we're hungering for God himself. You know, Jesus fasted as a model for us, I think. To, uh, it, it prepares us in a way for the spiritual and all that. I think that um, we can easily get lulled into a full sense of, um uh, comfort in this world and i think fasting destabilizes that in a good way and uh, prepares us for the reality which is that we all need god we all need him to break in and that the things of his kingdom you know seek first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added to you i think it's that spirit that we fast out of it's that saying you know i'm giving up food or whatever because it doesn't have to be food i think you know it can be all sorts of other things i think it fasting focuses us it reminds us that this is not our home that we're traveling through and that really we're seeking, we're hungering for him and for his kingdom to break in. I think that's what, that's why it's been um, given in, in my mind. And yeah, I think it's a, a great activity and I think it can easily become very legalistic. And I remember when I first became a Christian, I was like legally fasting once a week. Um, and to be honest, after a while, it just became dead. I used to dread it. I used to be grumpy. <laughs> I was miserable. Um, and I remember a friend who was kind of a, kind of spirit of a spiritual mentor at the time is talking to me like one day I was praying with him. He's like, why are you so grumpy today? <laughs> I said, well, because I'm, I'm fasting. <laughs> he kind of pulled out a bit because I was fasting. He was like, oh, for goodness sake. He's like, 
don't fast until you can't stand not fasting. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Fast until I can't stand not fasting. Well, I'm never going to fast again. <laughs> that's brilliant. He's like, you're under grace. You're not under law. Don't don't fast until you can't stand not fast. I was like, that's amazing. I feel so released. You know, yeah, I'm never yeah. going to fast again. Well, anyway, so I didn't fast for a long time. And then one day I was praying for someone for healing, someone I really cared about for a breakthrough. And as I prayed for them, I, it was a little bit like, if you've ever had the experience where you put your foot in the accelerator and nothing happens, there's just no power there at all. Yeah. And I yeah. could feel that. I, right. I felt that. I felt in my prayer, there is just no power here. Wow. So the next day I fasted. And, and, I, and I think then from then, my fasting has been from a whole different foundation. Don't fast until you can't stand up fasting. Well, suddenly I, could not, I couldn't stand it. I was like, I want more power in my life. I want more power in my prayers. I want, my, yeah, I want to see the kingdom of God break in. And so then I fast. And I think that's something I've learned about fasting is getting that oh, right perfect. foundation for it. It's helpful. You, you touched on two things, Sam, and I'm going to do, drill you on a little bit more for a moment. I mean, the, the first of which would be around, um, you said there's a variety of different things you've fasted in the past. I'd, I'd be really interested in what that looks like, because for most people, they will immediately think of, oh, that means I've got to go without food for a certain length of time. But the, the second thing you mentioned um, just at the end there was in around um, kind of the... What, what what would you respond to people who just think it's a religious practice and therefore doesn't have a place now? And I think I think you can start to touch on it with regard to um, you know some of, some of those things that you shared at the end there. But you know, if people just think, oh, it's a religious thing, it's not for now. What would your response be? Well, I, I, I um, if it, if, for those who think it's a religious thing, I think if it is a religious thing for you, then it probably is a religious thing for you. <laughs> but I think I think it goes back to what Tim said at the beginning. I think it, when it comes out of a relationship, when it comes out of a seek first the kingdom of god and all these other things will be added to you i think when it comes out of that spirit when it comes out of a relationship and god i'm longing for you i'm longing for you to break into my, i care about the people around me that are lost i care about the people my family members that are struggling I can, i'm pr- crying out for you for breakthrough for healing or whatever when it comes from that spirit i think it no longer is religion it's out of relationship yeah. um yes. it's not saying god if i fast then i'm kind of somehow manipulating you to do what i'm i'm wanting to wanting i think we fast more for us than we do for him to be honest i think we fast for us to focus ourselves on what we really really want and what we really are seeking for and i think it does i think we pray for us not for god as well you know <laughs> it's, it's all about you know he doesn't need our prayers but he wants that relationship and i think that would be it and i think what you can fast for i think um be great to hear katie's thoughts on this but i think all sorts i think you can fast from technology i think you can anything that's got your heart i think that Anything that's got its roots in that you think, you know what? It's like the addict, isn't it? I can give it up any time. Well, anything you think, I can give it up any time. Probably that's a good thing to fast from, just to show, well, you, well, you can you. So I've fasted from TV. I've fasted from mobile phones. I've fasted from reading. I've fasted from all sorts of things. Anything that I think has got it starting to get its claws in me, um, that's the sort of thing I find helpful to fast from. I don't want others think about that. Really helpful. Katie, why don't you take us on a little bit? Maybe give some examples. And if people are thinking and wondering to themselves, you know, where, where do they get started with this thing? I'd love to hear your thoughts on helping them. Yeah, I think even if you've even if you've never fasted before, there's not. Um, I don't think it's like a ranking thing. Like you get good at it. Um, Simon's kind of described that in a really helpful way. The the pursuit of the relationship off the back of it. And for me, I kind of think there's two. I think of it in this like there's two camps. There's things that make me really hungry, like food. When I don't eat food, I get more and more hungry, and I become as I'm aware of my my physical hunger. 
I become more aware of my spiritual hunger and 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 how how big God is and how you know I live with these daily rhythms. I need I need to eat. I need to sleep. I'm I'm we are but dust, and He is God of the universe. And I, that hunger really motivates something deep in me to seek God and to really just come to Him on my knees humbly as a loved child who has a right to ask of him so there's a hunger things things that make me hungry even quitting sugar quitting just specific food groups um or solid foods just having liquids or whatever i think that increases my hunger but the other camp of things i think is which is more and more relevant in our day and age is anything that will increase the quiet in our lives mm. and i think mm. you know a lot of people will quit social media or or screens or something like that. And I think we live in a world where we we hide in noise. And even if that's listening to worship music, I think sometimes that can be your hiding. Actually, what happens if all of that is off? What happens yes. when when there's none of these distractions in these things? You know, when you get to the point which I've been at, when I pull out a traffic lights and I grab my phone to go on Facebook, which is illegal because I, I can't even bear to sit stationary at the traffic lights for 30 seconds. I yeah. think that's what I want to ask. No, I, I need an increase in quiet in my heart because it's in those moments I want to be turning to God, not Facebook or whatever else it is. And so, um, so yeah, for me, those are the two camps. I want to, I want to fast. I think everyone is qualified mm, to fast and everyone can, everyone can find God in the midst of it because you just increase the quiet, increase the hunger in your life and uh, do it with the heart posture of God. I want to know you more. I believe you're a yeah. good God. Will you reveal yourself to me? And I'm confident that he will rush in and meet with you. Very good. Very good. I think there's, there's also that, that reality, guys. If you're tuning in right now and you're thinking, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to give that a go. I want to prioritize God. I want to, uh, I, I can't stand the place I'm at. I want to grow in power and, and you know, ask him. Because I, I always I believe that the Father is good at speaking to His children. My sheep hear my voice, and so the Holy Spirit will speak mm. to you. And and, yeah. and if you give Him the opportunity, I believe that He'll be very clear with you about the thing that He wants to give you to give up. And that could be for twenty four hours, it could be for the week, and it mm. it could be for longer. But actually, when we're obedient kids who are eager to hear from our Father, I do believe in that place. That's when He's eager to respond. Tim, anything you'd want to add in the midst of our kind of talking about fasting for a moment? I mean, I feel all kinds of Holy Spirit tingly after what you guys just said. That was that was wonderful. Um, I I would just want to say that like it's that whole. I think there's a real great wisdom in all of these practices, but particularly with something like fasting in the um, like the smart targets. That whole thing that is you know it's so common. You talk you talk about in workplace environments or in schools education of setting a you know what is smart. It's like um, it's basically goals that are achievable. You can measure them. They're fixed. They're fixed in time. So you know it's it's all well and good sitting down and be like i am going to fast and i'm going to you know like this indefinite amount of time and it's going to be all the meals i'm going to go from naught to 100 in no time at all but what if it was just uh i don't know what if it was i'm going to not go on my phone first thing in the morning or i'm going to um miss this one meal today and see how that does and take the time i would have taken on the meal maybe 10 minutes in prayer just that little thing that's fixed and measurable and then mm. you just take one step at a time. It's like, you know, um, to quote the um, ever wise Princess Anna from Frozen, just do the next right <laughs> thing. Just do the one step at a time. What's the next <laughs> right thing that can help me on that on that journey? Very good. And uh, that's probably the first and only time that I we've had um, Anna from Frozen. Quoted, yeah. <laughs> Go on, Sam. <laughs> 
I think it's fasting for something. So I think that as people are kind of engaging with fasting as a church, we're doing some prayer and fasting over the next week or so. I think it's, I think it's engaging. Like, what what are you wanting in the kingdom? What are you wanting to see? You know, so for me, I'll, I'm going to be fasting because I'm, I'm desperately wanting to see more people of peace, more people that God's prepared uh, that are out there that are hungry for him, that are hungry for the kingdom. They just don't know it. They've never heard the message. So yes. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, God, you've got to help us find those people. You know, we feel kind of locked and trapped in. But I think I think what it's done in me is it's created a realization of how many opportunities I had in the past when I wasn't locked in that I didn't take, you know. <laughs> and now I'm thinking, no, 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 I think God's, you know, He's building a holy frustration in me of of all those wasted opportunities. I'm thinking, when you know, when I can get out again, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I want to see yes. the day yeah. and get out and find those people. But I feel like this season's about praying and you know, seeding the ground and preparing. Lord, help bring us to those people, bring us those chance encounters because yeah. those people are out there. He's got many people in the towns and, and, and cities around us that are hungry for him. They just have never heard. They're just desperate. And I think that's what I'm fasting for. But whatever it is for you, choose something too fast for rather than just this kind of religious, oh, I'm fasting because, well, I think I ought to, you know. No, yeah. that, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. We've got, got a few people kind of chipping in at this, this point. I'll just uh, kind of share one or two of them. Um, kind of Daniel sharing that, you know, just that, that kind of verse, where your treasure is there, your heart is also very, very true. I think um, Helen was just... Um, uh, kind of interacting, re- recognizing that all that, that stuff about noise, Katie, that you were sharing is so true. So much noise can always be a problem. We've got to work out how to uh, avoid distractions. Um, Tabs is just sharing that regularly she does the Daniel fast. So that's kind of going without certain food groups, just as you said at the start of the year. And then Claire, who I love, good friend of ours, you know, she, she's, she's loving that kind of fasting with purpose, which I think is so good for us to can be I doing. That, yeah, please go on, Katie. I just think I th- just come into my mind with the whole who we want to be, not what we want to do i think i love i i love what mm. tim said the idea of like i want to i'm gonna do this this time in the morning but i think having the mindset because i want to become a more prayerful person yes. because i want to um so the goal is for the purpose and actually that means when i fail one day which i'm not gonna say i'm definitely going to but there is a decent chance i might not live up to this goal that i set but i don't i don't fall from grace i don't fall from the the journey the journey was i'm i'm more I'm becoming a more prayerful person and I'm coming closer to the full understanding of who I am as a child of God and so actually I'm gonna set some goals and whether I achieve it today or not I'm gonna lie in bed that night and just thank God for his mercies that are new every morning and I'm gonna wake up again with and I think these it's not transactional but we we fast and we set these kind of prayers prayer goals and um like the the resolution style things there are means to an end there are means to who we want to become not something that i have to achieve to earn his merit and yeah. favor i think that's just that's really important yeah, and, and I think if, if we've if we've missed that this evening, guys, because we've tried, tried to keep coming back to it, it's it's a relational thing. And yeah. so, you know, whilst we still have talked about goals and we've talked about who we want to be and what we're pursuing, ultimately it's all rooted in, all based from the fact that he's invited us into mm. a relationship. And it's that relationship that we want to cherish and that we want mm. to, to grow in. Mm. Guys, it's so, so good. And uh, listen, keep your questions coming in, keep your comments coming in if you would like them to. The next thing I'd love for us to lean into for a moment, and it, it, it kind of refers back to something that Helen mentioned earlier, but that idea of what it means with praying with friends. And so one of the things that we're encouraging people to do at King's Arms through these weeks, but for whatever church you're part of as well, I think it's incredibly important that we learn to pray with each other, whether it's in friendship groups or small groups, and it kind of helps us, it energizes us. But let's be honest, we can all find it at times, or we all certainly used to find it incredibly 
awkward. And there might be people who are thinking, oh, do you know, I want to pray with my spouse or I want to play with my, pray with my friend or I want to pray with my kids, but aren't entirely sure how to get over that awkwardness. I just wonder whether people have got any tips for us as to how we can normalize those sorts of things and how we can make it a regular part of our everyday life. Katie, I'm going to come to you first. Yeah, I'm, I think you just got to do it to some extent. I, it's not, it feels weird. And I, I have to shout out to Olivier, our French friend, Olivier Sarkis, who was probably the person who's inspired me in this the most, because if you were talking about something and it lent itself to, we should pray about this, he would always just stop the conversation and be like, God, we just pray, da, da, da. And um, it's so inspired me. And I think COVID particularly has made me a bit more shameless about this kind of thing, because I, I, we, it's, everything's changed, hasn't it? And I just think it's just about doing it. Most people are grateful for prayer. And so if I'm with a friend and I sense there's something going on to, to just say, I want to pray for that right now. I think they are grateful that I believe I've got a relationship yeah. with God that means I can pray. They feel blessed by that. It's, you just got to, yeah. got to start, start by starting. So good. I was going to say as well, like there comes some time that I think in conversations where I get to an end of a conversation, someone's telling me something and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm or like say something, something's going on in their life and there's a, there's a illness or a situation. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. And it's like, I, I've reached the end of what I can give you. The only option now is please, can I pray for you? You, you, know, you it's, it's like, I can't just leave you hanging. I, like there's got to be a response somehow. And the only response yeah. I know to give is to offer it up to the guy that, that my father who has it all in hand. Um, yes. and so you, you, sometimes you just got to take that jump and it's like, it gets easier every time. The more you, the more you say sheepishly, can I pray? The easier it gets to do that the next time you do it. Um, mm -hmm. and I'd also say as well, that it's really important to try and find some people who that becomes normal with, you know, yes, it's yes, important to, to be, to normalize mm -hmm. offering in general, but finding people who become prayer partners and prayer buddies this year i've um with a few friends we love um tim and greta davis for, and a few other people from this church we've um, formed a virtual monastery where we prayed regularly um through uh, a set liturgy every single day the whole way through lockdown with friends from um across part of this church and, and across many churches across the, the country and and the world and um we've started off just praying through these um liturgies but we've become friends and we've become a community and we pray together and I honestly can say it is the most answered prayers I have ever experienced from any one scenario, you know, because we've committed to praying together for such a long mm. length of time, it feels yeah. like everything we pray for happens. Wow. I mean, people, I get, people get healed, situations get, you know, recovered, yeah. um, better things happen than what you would expect, coincidence after coincidence after coincidence. So find people who you trust, who you like, and who you feel like you could spend time with and and get used to doing it with those people as well. Yeah, very good. Simon, you got any thoughts to add in the midst of this one? Well, I think just relating directly to Helen, I, I remember, you know, being a kind of new believer myself and and, and the kind of nervousness of that. I, I think one of the stories which I've loved from our history as a church is uh, an alpha course where um, one of the prophetic guys was there for the evening and would bring wanted to bring a word and, he felt the Lord point out somebody in the, in the audience and say, just say to that guy, all right, mate. 
And he was right. like, John, his name was John Strange, good, good friend. And he was like, Lord, I'm not, you've got to give me more than that. I can't, I can't just say, all right, mate, that's just terrible. And so the Lord said, just say to him, all right, mate, don't say anything else. I was like, no, please, please give me something else. Anyway, and he really felt kind of constricted by the Holy Spirit. To say. So he got up, he said, look, I've got a word for you. God says to you, all right, mate. And uh, it came out later that this guy, not a believer at that point, but that week during the week had been, had been, he just, I think the week before it had been on prayer and he'd spoken uh, to God and he's like, God, I don't even know if you're the real, I don't even know if you're there. I don't even know how to speak to you. What do I do is use my normal language or what? And then that right. very next Tuesday, he gets picked out and God says to him, all right, mate. You know, <laughs> I, think, oh, wow. I think we so easily make religious yeah. language. We're actually realizing that the Bible is written in Koine Greek, which was the street Greek of the day. Right. It wasn't the highfalutin kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of university kind of level Greek. It was a street Greek. That's how the Bible's written. And we can lose that in the translations yeah. today, I think, so easily and feel like, the, you know, the church is kind of filled with, you know, kind of middle class or upper class people was actually God. God is calling people from every background, every every sense of belief and every sense of calling, no, no matter what their background, no matter how well they thought they're good with words or poor with words. He's just saying to us all, all right, mate, you know, <laughs> do you want to talk to me? Just use your language because he wants to speak to us in, in his language. And I think that's a good starter for anyone who wants to learn to pray. Just use your language. Talk, 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 as it were, to a friend. And I found it helpful at times, even just to picture Jesus in a chair in my living room and just talk to him, you know, and just talk to him if he was sitting there, because he is sitting there. He is there with you. He promises to be with you. So that's helpful. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Whenever we've had the opportunity of kind of praying for people and we've seen significant miracles out on the streets, one of the first things often people will do is, is start swearing. And at first I was like super offended by this. It's like, you can't swear. We've just kind of prayed. And then I realized that God does speak every language, including blue, right? And that's what I mean. That moment is worship. But partly I think it's just, it's, it's starting a conversation is a really positive thing and just as simon says in whatever means that looks like and so even keeping it simple so you know we're talking a bit about disciples who make disciples okay and the first time i ever pray with somebody if i particularly if it's a new believer i'll often want to keep it super simple and super short because what I'm, I'm just trying to normalize what it means to have a conversation with God. And so, you know, Jesus, I want to thank you that the sky is blue. I want to thank you that you are good. I want to thank you that your love endures. Or, you know, amen. Isn't that great? And, you know, any time that we can pray a simple prayer, they think, oh, man, even I could do that. Mm. I think it's a great way of, you know, mm. modeling what it means for other people to see that prayer is a normal part of our day. And so, um, you know, I have my, my daughter sometimes now will we'll kind of come back and she's been at school, which is a, a, a brilliant school locally where they, where they do have prayer still in assembly. But oftentimes she will kind of put her hands together and she'll close her eyes. And, and I'm, I'm going to, we're talking at the moment about the fact that actually, even when we're walking and we, we can just talk to God and, and he's, he's close to us and he hears and we don't necessarily have to sit in a certain way and put our hands in a certain way. And so all of these things, I think sometimes are just important to remind ourselves of that he just is eager to be part yes. of a conversation. Now, guys, one of the things that we, we said that we talk about right at the start of this time together was the realization that for many of us, we can wrestle with the, the feelings of unanswered prayer, maybe disappointment. And I, I don't think we can sort of bring to a close a session and a time like this without the opportunity of talking about that, particularly in a season like we are in right now, where there is a battle raging around us. And so, um, you know, Simon, maybe you could start for us and share a little bit about what you think are the important things for us to learn and to remember when it comes to unanswered prayer or disappointment. 
Yeah, I think it's a massive uh, topic to to think about um, and to get a foundation for. And I think the easiest thing for me to say, the simplest thing for me to say, is the the biggest realization for me um, was was breaking that spirit of self in, of entitlement and realizing that God owes me nothing. He doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me an answered prayer. He doesn't owe me the things that I want. He owes me nothing. It's by grace that we're saved, the Bible says. Yeah. And I think so many of us carry the sense of entitlement. Um, and so quickly we say it's not fair. Whereas actually the truth of the gospel is it's totally fair. We deserve anything that we get that's bad. We deserve worse. You know, any one of us oh. deserves worse. And that's hard to hear. But that is the truth. All have fallen short from the, from God's glory. All of us have rejected God in some way or the other. All of us have walked away from him in some way or another. And so all of us deserve his judgment. The fact that he has saved us, the fact that he has answered any of our prayers is an act of grace. Mm-hmm. And those are hard truths to hear. But they are, for me, they are the, ro- the, the, the bedrock of grace. Mm-hmm. Once we've understood that God owes us nothing, then from that point, anything that we get, is the gifts of a good father and then suddenly we start to birth gratitude in our hearts and so even you know even recently we've been wrestling with selling our house we've been trying to move we felt god even say to us to to move and it's just not been i mean it's just been one difficult situation after another but several days during this season we've just taken days caroline and i where we felt like we just need to have a thankfulness day today because we've been praying and praying and praying and we're not seeing the breakthrough that we're wanting for but we just need to stop and just give thanks for a day. Just forget about the prayers for a day because it's so easy to get disjointed from, God, you're not answering these prayers that we thought you wanted us to pray in the first place, rather than saying, hang on a minute, let's forget all that for a moment. Who knows whether we're meant to move or not? Who knows? But what I do know, God's given us grass and it's green and it's amazing and, it, and we can breathe and, you know, and all the, you know, we got milk on the, in the fridge and whatever, just giving thanks for the simplest things and it gets yeah. us back to that foundation of gratitude. And I think that's the foundation for this i found that it's not the only there's a huge more we huge lots more we could say but i think that for me is the bedrock god owes me nothing and so everything is an act of his grace is the foundation that i I start from but i'm sure others have got stuff to share about disappointment as well katie (laughs) 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 yeah well to be fair it's been in 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 not necessarily equal part but in some ways the most rewarding prayer radical or prayers being answered year of my life and at the same time some of the most disappointing things have happened this year or in 2020 it's now behind us um and that has been a conflicting thing to process but but yeah rightfully so god he owes me nothing and i'm so grateful for the things he's given me and i i just sit um really often in hebrews 11 verse 13 the um after talking about all these um all these people who lived with loads of faith abraham and they saw all these radical things happen it said these all died in faith not having received the things promised but having seen and greeted them from afar they knew they were strangers and exiles in this on on earth i think um and that, that for me it's just we're in good company when we die before we've received our promises we are in good company with the saints who've gone before us who didn't receive those things but they had seen them and greeted them from afar knowing actually i'm only a stranger in exile here and so that's that verse has just brought me such great comfort this year just knowing actually i want to be someone who in a in a ridiculous way i see a bus shelter outside my house and i think I think that thing should move. I'm going to pray that it's going to move. Like that's just, it's a ridiculous thing to pray. I shouldn't have prayed it, but I decided I wanted to and I did. And 
oh my goodness, it's just brought me so much joy and praise. And I hope glory to God that he, he, uh, the amount I've just thanked him for that. And I just think that he moves mountains in response to our faith and our prayers. And so I want to keep on receiving the promises, believing the promises and whether I'm not going to hold him to account for them though. Actually, he's God. I'm not. That's, that's enough for me. Can I just say, I was going to say as well, like just to compliment what you guys have just said as well. The reality is that, um, that we, we that we that we still feel these things and like the truth is that as you said that that um mm. that life itself is grace everything we have is grace but even if i'm feeling the disappointment of not being able to see my family mm. at christmas or this job or that situation you, you know you know those we can't we can't run from our emotions there's no point because god knows them anyway um and yeah. and it's a cliche to say it but it's so helpful to say that the psalmist never hides from their emotions you know yeah, very all the way through the psalms you have every single you have joy you have jubilation and then the next verse is god why can't you crush the wicked why do bad things keep happening to me why yeah. have i lost my home my family and those two things do not have to exist in conflict they don't have to be you don't have to go from being everything's okay to being everything is miserable actually the the, the normal christian life i think is finding seeing yourself somewhere in the middle of realizing that God is really, really good. Sometimes my situation is really, really bad and he can cope with that, with my really bad situation. He can handle my emotions in that. Um, so don't be Very afraid to, 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 mm. to feel what you're feeling and go to him with what you're feeling because he, he, he already knows it and he cares about you enough to be able to handle it. Mm. Absolutely. I, I think for me, for me, God's birth. And I think the modern... I was just Simon, for the um for me that the God's birthing something in is around persistence for one, and so kind of clinging on to God and pursuing Him. Yeah. I think realizing that so much else can promise a lot, but actually ultimately we need to be rooted, grounded, secure in Him. And I was just reminded, even as you were you were sharing, Tim, just then about um I think it was Pippa Gumble who used to say that you know it's so important that the foundation needs to be that He's a good Father who knows best. And so yeah. even sometimes when we don't have the answers that we expect. So Pippa Gumbel's analogy was that, you know, if, if God, God had answered every prayer that she ever prayed, she would have married the wrong person seven times. You know, that kind of realization that, you know, sometimes we do pray for things and that actually God's got something better lined up for us and God's doing a deeper work in us, perhaps, than sometimes we realize. Simon, you were going to share. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I think that the, the process of lament, as Tim was sharing, I think has been radically lost in the modern church of, learning how to lament, how learning how to grieve, the things that we're longing for. And it is part going back to fasting, it's part of that as well, isn't it? It's the same thing of we're we're not for this we're not of this world, you know, we're in it, yeah. but we're not of it. And we're longing for something better. And so learning how to lament as communities, learning how to write your own psalm. You know, that's what I've done many times and encourage others to do is actually go out and write your own psalm, whether it's vocally or write it down or if you can write a song, write it into a song, but actually learning to express that disappointment, yeah, keeping your heart healthy. Um, in that place, I think is absolutely critical in terms of processing disappointment. And e even then, uh, talking about it in community. You now, so often we box that disappointment down. We think, oh, it'd be wrong to share that. When actually, it's so important. I was talking to someone today, uh, yesterday, actually, about business, and I prophesied over him about entrepreneurship. And and he uh, and I was like, what? Why you? You know, what? What's going on with that? Are you doing anything with that word? And he's like, and out of it comes this whole load of disappointment over stuff he's tried in the past. And we'd be able to process that together. And I think rather than him just thinking, you know, he needs to keep that secret. Actually, it's great to process those things together in community, process those disappointments and pray into those together. Because sometimes when yeah. I'm 
disappointed and lacking faith. I need my brother and sister in Christ to come alongside and lift yes. me up in a similar way when they're struggling for a breakthrough and healing or whatever, I can come alongside and lift them up. That's why we need community, I think, to walk mm. some of these things yeah. through. So helpful. Well, listen, there's two things that I would love us to do before we sort of come in for a landing, if that's okay. All right. And the first thing, and you just started touching it on there, Simon, maybe we could expand on it a little bit, is that, you know, obviously we want to make disciples who make disciples. We want to help people and, and, and start a discipleship making movement. So what does it look like? What, as it were, practical tips can we do to help others engage in prayer? So one of them, by the sounds of it, is working through disappointment well. What, what, what might others be? I think praying together prayer is hard work when you're doing it by yourself it, yeah. it's it's so i mean i find mm. my i'm a better prayer when i'm around other people who are cheering me yes. on it's that kind of positive peer pressure don't try and do it all on your own because we're not meant to be alone you know we're in a weird situation being in kind of covid lockdown times because it's totally not what humans are made for um so Very if you're good. finding it hard to pray by yourself mm. it's not it's not a failure to try and find somebody else if anything it's a victory because mm. Jesus says that when two or three pray, you know, there's, there's, there's so much power in praying in agreement, in praying together and in inviting the presence of God together. That's when things start to happen. Very good. Katie, Simon, anything to add there? I'll add, uh, be, be rooted in the Bible. I think um, if you want to be a prayer-filled person, read your Bible and you won't turn too many pages before you're just compelled. This is a good father and uh, I get to communicate with him. So I'm going to follow the people that I'm reading about and I'm going to, I'm going to pray. I think that's a, that's a great, great way to start. Fantastic. Simon, anything to add? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think as Tim, yeah, I think as Tim said, praying together, I think is absolutely critical. I think we can walk at the moment. Um, in the UK, so walking with people and praying, I think is pretty key. I find that sitting in my chair on my own at home is a hard place to pray very often and can easily get distracted. Whereas walking, I find much easier to kind of keep my mind focused and to pray yes. and worship. So doing that alone or with other people. And I think as Kate, going back to what Katie said, actually, you know, the end of when needs come up, don't feel, you know, it's not religious to say, I'm going to, oh, let's pray about that now. That is not a religious thing to do. That's a, that's yeah. a relational child of god thing to do we've got to break this yeah. kind of stigma and um uh, think that oh i'm super spiritual if i say you know tim shares something in conversation I say, hey tim let's just pray about that now that is not a super spiritual thing to do that's a normal christian life yes. thing to do that's what yes. we do as christians and we should be not ashamed to do and i think we've got to break some of these things of this fear of being seen as being super spiritual um i, I would rather be seen as being super spiritual and pray more than <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it is super spiritual anyway. I think it's just normal spiritual. Yes. So I think that would be yeah. really, really helpful for us as communities to, to learn. No, so, so helpful. Well, listen, we're going to come in for a landing, Simon. I'm going to get you to share your eight tips for us or eight things that you read before we, we, we do. I know, Katie, you wanted just to share quickly about some practical tips. Is that right for anyone yeah. who's thinking this one? Oh, yeah, please. I think um, I just I think some people have asked the question, like, how do I start praying? And in terms of like just building up a prayer life, something that I have done from when I was pretty young is I've, I've had a prayer journal in general. And so just a book somewhere, something that I'm documenting what I'm praying for. And um, again, it can feel a bit like a like a like a legalistic thing but actually it is so wonderful sometimes relatively recently in the last few years I found one that I'd lost from more than 10 years ago and there was people in there that I was praying for salvation who are now saved 
there was yeah. there was just situations oh. I was looking back at these pages thinking wow like god you've done so much this was more than 10 years ago so I would say um just have a place where you write down and particularly it's January this is why we're doing a week of prayer and fasting now spend some time this week say for me personally for my community what do I want to pray for and who am I going to pray with and write write things down write them down and say this is what I'm gonna I'm gonna really present this request before God and, um, yeah. and then leave space to revisit and to write down the answers to prayer or steps towards the answer to prayer and that will fuel you when you see even in a different color do it in a creative way do it in a way that that gets that gets you excited but that really does make a huge difference to me and I can say I've got um I've got prayer journals full and many many answered prayers mm. so it's such a fun way of feeding yourself but also kind of giving you that um inspiration to keep praying for things really very good. good very good Simon why don't you share with us your um kind of eight tips <laughs> well I don't know <laughs> this is not eight tips anyway so yeah so these are these are things that I've found I, this is the things that I rem this is, pops up every day that I read through every day about self-pity because one of the things I'm wanting to change and I think the context was changed was around the context of self-pity and so this may help others particularly in this season of COVID if you're battling with that so step one confess that self-pity is a demonic plan to discourage and disable you I think self-pity manifests as a friend it says oh I want to you know I'm your friend I'm going to come and make you you know feel better because it, it makes you feel worse but actually for me declaring that no this is a this is out to take me out <laughs> self-pity is not my friend number one number two recognize that you have a choice you can take every thought captive self-pity likes to pretend that it's your thoughts was actually i think it's 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 the thoughts from the enemy and so recognizing that you can take those thoughts captive to, to christ is really important number three shift your focus from self to a more god-centered perspective worship Self-pity is always focused on the self by very definition. So actually lifting my thoughts in worship. Number four, feel the pain and express it. Write it down. Receive pity and comfort from the Holy Spirit is pretty key. Learning how to receive comfort from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes there, there are things that I've, I do have been hurt. I've been wounded in some way and I need to feel it, receive his comfort. And that really helps to cure self-pity. Number five, recognize you have got God's attention so you don't need to try and get others. I found that self-pity is often masked. It's because I want attention. I, I feel sorry for myself because I want everyone else to feel sorry for me because I need their attention. So recognizing that I've got God's attention, I don't need other people's attention, I think is really powerful for me. Number six, stop rehearsing the bad. Instead, give thanks for 10 small blessings. Self-pity tends to just go over the same or chewing over the same old bad stuff. Number seven, do something about one of the situations. Stop just thinking about it and mulling over it, but actually do something. And number eight, give to others. <laughs> so I run through that <laughs> list and I found that typically one of those will jump out at me and will say, that's what I need to do today. And it's made a massive difference. I mean, Caroline would say I'm like a different person from the last four years as I've really okay. intentionally gone after this. But I think you could apply it to any area you wanted to change in. Think about eight things that help in that area and just rehearse yeah. them every day. It will help change your mind, your heart and your hands. So, yeah, hope that's helpful. If anyone didn't have a pen to hand, I'll also get that posted in the chat as well if someone wants it. But listen, we're going to bring it into a land. And uh, Tim, I'm going to give you a final thought. I know you've um, kind of got something to share. And then what I'd love for you to do, Tim, if you're happy to, is uh, I know there'll be people listening who either do need a, a physical or a miraculous breakthrough. So I wonder whether you could just pray a simple prayer of blessing over people who are watching right now as well. Yeah, I'd love to. My final thought is just this. Um, I, there might be some people out there who are thinking, we, we try, almost trying to define what prayer is. Um, is it about 
going to God with a list with a list of requests. Is that all it is? And really, all prayer is is it's discussion, it's conversation, it's communion, it's being with God. In fact, sometimes it's even silent. Sometimes it's not even words. Sometimes it's just about being with God. And so, when you're trying to go on a journey of prayer, you know, not everybody is going to be your marching up and down kind of praying in tongues and you know declaring things some people it might be a silent thing sometimes you might have to discover what prayer looks like for you because it fits your personality and god knows you well enough to be able to help you on that journey uh, i make a recommendation if i'm allowed to there's a really great book called how to pray by pete greg there's just it, mm. it goes through a bunch yeah. of different kind of types of prayer ways we might engage with god basically that might you know you might read through and think i don't know if that feels like somewhere i'm at right now but this one really does and we go on a journey through that um so if you're not sure what prayer is you, that's one way to help and don't think it's just a task list it's about him it's about our relationship mm. with him um Fantastic. And so yeah i'd love to pray Oh, go on, pray. I forgot you were going to do that. I was about to sort of bring us in. Go on, Tim, pray for us. Yeah. Well, Father, I thank you that you're a God who does miracles. And I thank you that even right now you're moving. And I pray over everyone who needs a physical miracle, a financial miracle, um, a breakthrough in their life. We just speak a miracle over you in Jesus' name. We speak the life and the abundance and the provision of the Father. We speak hope and joy and peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, listen, guys, I want to say on behalf of all those watching, I have got no doubt, but particularly on behalf of us as King's Arms and for me personally, the three of you truly inspire me when it comes to your devotion, your commitment. And I've so enjoyed getting to hear you tonight, but I've more than that. I've enjoyed praying with you over many years, each of you now. And so thank you for the way that you lead and the way that you model this stuff. And thank you so much for all of your uh, advice and support oh, and uh, the stuff that you've shared this evening. So appreciate each of you. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed tonight. As I said at the start, the is now going to be happening fortnightly and so we're going to have seven or eight of them this term i really hope they're going to be a blessing to you we're going to be Sam and i are going to be chatting to a variety of different people both from within the king's arms and from outside and i've got no doubt that for each of us we're going to be able to grow personally as disciples of christ but we're also going to be learning and particularly leaning into what does it mean for us to help make disciples who also go on to make disciples and so i really hope that you can join us please do feel free to let me know of any comments that you have uh, based on the this evening or other things you'd love to hear us about but for now it's been great to have you thank you so much for being with us god bless you all and we'll land the meeting right there